Amen. If you have a Bible, would you open to the book of Micah with me? Micah is in the Old Testament. We are continuing our series there in the book. If you haven't noticed, my voice is very froggy today. I woke up with sinuses feeling that way. But uh, if my voice cracks today, it's not because I'm 14 again. Uh, it's sinuses. So uh, I'm excited to be bringing God's word. My name is Jody Sledge. I'm one of the pastors here at Christ Fellowship. And I'm excited uh, for what God has to say for us today from Micah chapter 7. Uh, we'll be looking at verses 8 through 17 together, almost to the end of the book. Uh, and so today we're going to look at what it looks like to be a trusting people. So Micah chapter 7, starting in verse 8, says, Rejoice not over me, my enemy. When I fall, I shall rise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light to me. I will bear the indignation of the Lord because I have sinned against him until he pleads my cause and executes judgment for me. He will bring me out to the light, and I shall look upon his vindication. Then my enemy will see, and shame will cover her who said to me, Where is the Lord your God? My eyes will look upon her. Now she will be trampled down like the mire in the streets. A day for the building of your walls. In that day the boundary shall be far extended. In that day they will come to you from Assyria and the cities of Egypt, and from Egypt to the river, from sea to sea and from mountain to mountain. But the earth will be desolate because of its inhabitants for the fruit of their deeds. Shepherd your people with your staff, the flock of your inheritance, who dwell alone in a forest in the midst of a garden land. Let them graze in Bashan and Gilead as in the days of old, as in the days when you came out of the land of Egypt. I will show them marvelous things. The nations shall see and be ashamed of all their might. They shall lay their hands on their mouths. Their ears shall be deaf. They shall lick the dust like a serpent, like the crawling things on the earth. They shall come trembling out of their strongholds, and they shall turn in dread to the Lord our God, and they shall be in fear of you. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word today. God, we thank you for the book of Micah. It helps us, Lord, in so many ways to know who you are, to know what your plan is to fix all that is wrong in this world and all that's wrong in us. And so, God, we know that it's not easy to trust you. So, God, would you help us to be a people today who trust you, who look to Christ and seek to be a people who trust deeply. So, God, would you speak to us today? Would you bless us? Would you help me, Lord? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So do you have trust issues? Are you that kind of person where you've got trust issues? Is it hard for you to trust other people? Uh, a recent study found that only one-third of Americans believe that other people can be trusted. So two out of three of us think that the people around us can't be trusted. I mean, people have a hard time trusting other drivers on the road. Are you that kind of a person? Or people have a hard time trusting their coworkers, have a hard time trusting our government, trusting the news, trusting maybe your spouse or your family. People even have a hard time trusting churches and pastors. Only 48% of Christians say that pastors are trustworthy. And that number drops to 25% for people who are not Christians. Seems like everybody's just got trust issues, right? And I get it. I mean, people hurt us. People have lied to us. 
People have taken advantage of us. People have used us and betrayed us. So it can be really difficult to trust people at times. And I think if we're honest, those trust issues will affect how we trust God as well. You know, maybe you're struggling to trust that God is your good father because your earthly father was anything but good. Maybe you're struggling to trust the word of God because you've been lied to over and over and over. Maybe you're struggling to trust God's intentions for you are good because many around you have intended to use you and abuse you. Maybe the darkness in your life just seems too heavy to trust in God's light. Maybe the chaos around you seems too strong to trust God's refuge. And maybe the pain that you experience in life seems too deep to trust that God is a tender shepherd over you. If you struggle to trust God, then you're not alone. And God has a word for you today. So today we've come to the prophet Micah in chapter 7. And he's got a word for us about being a people who trust our God. Who trust that God is our light even in the darkness. Who trust that God is our refuge even in the chaos. Who trust that God is our shepherd even in the pain and the sorrow of life. Today Micah is calling us to be a people who look to Jesus and see that God can be trusted. Today God's calling us to be that kind of people. A people who trust him. And that's my prayer for us today, that we would see in Christ that we have every reason to trust him. So notice first, we can trust that Christ is our light. Trust today that Christ is our light. So Micah has just finished a rather dark passage in the first part of chapter 7. He's looking to the fall of Israel, and he's devastated by it. We heard last week from Pastor Chris how God's judgment was coming down on Israel. But Micah, in verse 7, chose to look to the Lord. He chose to call out to the Lord. He chose to wait upon the salvation of the Lord. And so now we turn to verse 8 and see Micah speak of that coming salvation. Notice he mentions the darkness in verse 8. He says, Rejoice not over me, O my enemy. When I fall, I shall rise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light to me. Micah is writing like he himself is the city of Jerusalem. And their enemy, the Assyrian Empire, is coming for them. In fact, throughout their history, many empire, enemies came to attack God's people and tried to take the city of Jerusalem. But Micah looks to God's deliverance here in verse 8. You see, Jerusalem sits in the darkness of war and foreign oppression, but God will be their light. Look at verse 9. Micah admits that God, yes, is punishing them for the sin. He's using these nations to punish them for the sin. He admits that they've sinned against the Lord and they're bearing that punishment. But he knows that God will bring them light. He says, he will bring me out to the light. I shall look upon his vindication. He knows God will deliver them from their enemies. And then look at verse 10. He says that God will turn this just judgment towards these nations one day. These nations are attacking the people of God. And one day God is going to bring his judgment upon them. They have mocked Israel there in verse 10 saying, where is the Lord your God? But God is going to come to the rescue one day. God will bring his justice upon the enemies of his people. Now, if these verses sound somewhat confusing to you, you're probably not alone. Let me help you a little bit with the backstory here of what Micah is talking about. He's talking about a story that happened in 2 Kings 18 and 19. 
You can go and read that story this afternoon if you want. 2 Kings 18 and 19. The king of Assyria had completely destroyed the northern kingdom of Israel, and then he set his sights for Jerusalem in the south. He brought the full might of the Assyrian army upon the city of Jerusalem. And so Hezekiah is the king in Jerusalem, and he tries to bribe the, the Assyrian king not to destroy the city. He tries to pay him off, but it doesn't work. The enemy king surrounds the city, and he sends a message to Hezekiah. He mocks Hezekiah's trust in the Lord and says, On what do you rest this trust of yours? He mocked the people of God saying, Why do you say we trust in the Lord our God? And then he called the city to give up their trust in the Lord. Here's what he said in 2 Kings 18.30. He says, Do not let Hezekiah make you trust in the Lord by saying, The Lord will surely deliver us, and this city will be not be given into the hand of the king of Assyria. The Assyrian king is saying it's foolish to trust in the Lord your God. You know, we're all surrounded by enemies that are saying that exact thing to us today. It's foolish to trust in the Lord. An unbelieving world around us thinks it's foolish to trust in a God that we can't see. They tell us that it's foolish to trust that he's got a plan for our suffering and our pain. They tell us it's completely foolish to trust that a Jewish man who lived 2,000 years ago who was executed as an enemy of the state. Why in the world are you trusting in him? Sometimes we might believe him, right? Sometimes we might think it is foolish to trust in the Lord. Maybe the darkness is so heavy it just seems foolish to trust him. But there in the midst of that dark moment, King Hezekiah humbled himself and he went to the Lord to seek deliverance. And this is what God told the king in 2 Kings 19.34. He said, I will defend the city to save it for my own sake and for the sake of my servant David. And that's exactly what God did. He sent the angel of the Lord and he struck down 185,000 of their soldiers in the middle of the night. And that morning the king of Assyria packed up the rest of his army and went home. Hezekiah knew that even in the darkest of day, God would be their light. And that's what the prophet Micah is telling us here in chapter 7. Even in our darkest of days, God is our light. In fact, God came to be our light. When the apostle John starts telling the story of Jesus, he tells us this in chapter 1, verses 4 and 5. In him, in Christ, was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Jesus is the very light of God, and he has come to shine all of our darkness away. And he calls us to be a people to trust that he is our light. I know today many of us are staring into the darkness. I know a lot of us are blessed and have a lot of great things happening right now, but a lot of us are staring into the darkness. You're staring into the darkness of marriage problems. You're staring into the darkness of doubt and unbelief. You're staring into the darkness of infertility, the darkness of unspeakable sorrow. You're staring into the darkness of loneliness, the, the darkness of addiction, the, the darkness of your own rebellion and sin, the, the darkness of just extreme sadness in life. Friends, there is no darkness that the light of Christ cannot overcome. 
We may be sitting in darkness. We may look around and there may be only darkness, but we must trust that in Jesus there will be light for us. No matter how dark the night may be, Christ will shine brighter. Brothers and sisters, let's trust that today. Let's trust that Christ is our everlasting light. And no matter how heavy the darkness gets, let's look to him for light. Let's trust that Christ will always be our light. Secondly, trust that Christ is our refuge. Not only is he our light, but he's also our refuge. So Micah continues to look to the deliverance that God's going to bring his people. And here's what he says in verse 11. He says, a day for the building of your walls. In that day, the boundary shall be far extended. He's speaking a blessing over the city of Jerusalem. And you see, in ancient cities, they needed walls for protection from their enemies. The bigger the walls, the safer the refuge. And so Micah's looking to a day when Jerusalem's walls will be tall and they will be wide. In verse 12, Micah sees all of God's exiled people coming home to Jerusalem. They'll return from captivity in Assyria and Egypt. And as we saw back in chapter 4 of Micah, this new Jerusalem will be a place of peace and security forever for God's people. It will be a place of refuge. And not because the city walls are great, but because God is there and he is our great refuge. You see, all over the Bible, we see this idea that God is a refuge, a hiding place for his people. Ruth found refuge under her, from her suffering under the wings of God. David found refuge from his enemies in the presence of the Lord. Jeremiah found refuge from his persecution from the, by the strength of the Lord. Psalm 34.8 declares, Blessed is the man who takes refuge in the Lord. Psalm 46.1 says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Listen to this beautiful verse from Nahum chapter 1, verse 7. If you didn't know, there's a book of the Bible called Nahum. Here's this great verse. It says, The Lord is good, a refuge in times of trouble. He cares for those who trust him. God is calling us to trust that he is our refuge. But how do we do that? How do we find refuge in the Lord? What does it even look like in our lives? Well, you need to understand something, that all of us run somewhere to find refuge. It doesn't matter who you are or what you're facing. We all run somewhere to find refuge. Some of us run to food for refuge when we feel stressed or overwhelmed. Some of us will run to dating relationships for refuge when we feel lonely or unloved. Some of us will run to pills for refuge when the physical or the emotional pain just seems too much to bear. Some of us will run to, to over drinking for refuge when the, the pressures of work and home are just too much. Some of us will run to flirting with the secretaries at work when, for refuge when our marriage is struggling. Some of us may even run to self-harm for refuge when we feel unworthy or unwanted. You see, it doesn't matter what it is. All of us are running somewhere for refuge. But the truth is, all of these things will let us down. The world offers us a million places to run, but none of them will give us the refuge that we need. 
There's only one place where we can find true refuge for our souls. And he told us to come to him to find it. Jesus said, come to me, all you who are burdened and heavy laden, and I will give you rest for your weary souls. Run run to me and I'll give you rest. He said, come to me, all who are thirsty, and I will give you living water. You'll never thirst again. You'll never hunger again. He said, come to me, all of you who hunger, and I will give you everlasting life. Jesus came and he lived and died and rose again so that he might forever be our refuge, so that he might be the place that we run in times of trouble. You see, Jesus is the refuge from our sin. He's the refuge from the powers of darkness. He's our refuge from worry and from doubt. He's our refuge from selfishness and from loneliness and from pain and from sorrow. You see, the question is not today, can we find refuge in Jesus? The question is, will we find refuge in Jesus? Will we be the kind of people who trust that Christ and Christ alone is our refuge? Will we repent of running to so many other things for refuge? And will we run to Jesus? In a world that's tempting us to seek refuge in a million other things, let's be the kind of people who trust that Jesus is the only refuge we need. So brothers and sisters, let's run to Jesus today because he alone is our refuge. You know, verse 13 has a warning for us today. You see, God is a refuge for those who run to him, but he will bring judgment upon those who do not. God's just judgment will come upon the nations, as it says there in verse 13, because of the fruit of their deeds. Those who refuse to look to God for refuge will face God's justice. They will face God's just punishment for their sins. And the only way to escape this judgment is to find your refuge in the Lord. So maybe that's you today. Maybe you're here and you're seeking refuge somewhere other than Jesus. Maybe you're running to the fact that you're a good person or you're running to the fact that you go to church or you're running to the fact that you're not as bad as some people out there. Friends, Jesus is the only refuge from God's punishment for our sin. Jesus is the only place that you can run to find the mercy and the grace and the forgiveness that you need so desperately. Jesus died the death that you deserve to die so that he might be your refuge from sin. And so would you run to Jesus today for the first time if you've never done that? Would you confess your sins? Would you believe in Jesus? And would you rest in him as your only refuge? If you do that today, you can be saved and you can rest securely in Christ. So friends, Christ alone is our refuge. Let's all of us here today trust that he is our refuge. And lastly, number three, We need to trust that Christ is our shepherd. Christ is our shepherd. So in verse 14, Micah calls out to God. He's been talking about himself and Israel, but now he addresses his poem to, to God. He says, shepherd your people with your staff, the flock of your inheritance. Micah knows that the people of God are wandering like sheep. We've seen this a few times in the book of Micah already, haven't we? 
Back in chapter 1 and 2, we saw that Israel had wandered into idolatry and into injustice. In chapter 3, we saw that God's people were being led by crooked and greedy shepherds. In chapter 5, Micah looked to the promise of a shepherd king who would come to one day deliver God's people. And so here again in chapter 7, verse 14, Micah is calling upon God to be that shepherd that they so desperately need. Shepherd your people with your staff. God, we are the flock of your inheritance. Micah knows the people of Israel have been given a garden land. He says that there in verse 14. He knows that they've been given that promised land, that land flowing with milk and honey. And he's calling God to lead them into those green pastures again. Like the green pastures in the cities of Bashan and Gilead that you see there in verse 14. Micah knows that God one day will come to be their great shepherd. And in verses 15 and 16, he tells us of the victory that he will give to his people as he defeats their enemies. And then look at verse 17. He says in that first line, God will make their enemies lick the dust like a serpent. Micah is remembering a promise that God made in the very first garden. You see, God cursed the serpent who attempted Eve, and he made that serpent lick the dust. And then he promised that one day a son of Eve would come to crush the head of that serpent once and for all. You see, one day there would come a son of Abraham who would restore the garden blessing to all the families of the earth once again. There would come a son of David who would come to shepherd the flock of God in the strength and in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. Micah is calling us to put all our trust in this shepherd king. And his name is Jesus. Micah looked forward to his coming, and by faith we have seen it. You see, Jesus told us, I am the good shepherd. And he told us why he came. The good shepherd came to lay down his life for his sheep. Micah knows that God is coming to be their great shepherd, and he has come in the person of Jesus Christ. You see, the only way to crush the head of the serpent The only way to bless all the families of the earth, the only way to shepherd the people of God would be for this great shepherd king to lay down his life. And on the cross, that's exactly what Jesus did. I mean, what other religion has a God who would lay down his life for his people? What other kingdom has a king that lays down his life for his people? There's not one. Jesus is the only one who would willingly die to save his people. And that's what he's done for us. And that's why this is such good news for us today. The cross proves that we can trust Jesus. The cross proves that we can trust Jesus. It proves that we can trust in his love. It proves that we can trust in his grace. It proves that we can trust in his mercy and that we can trust in his kindness. The cross proves that we can trust Jesus with our fears, that we can trust him with our failures, that we can trust him with our doubts. The cross proves that Jesus is worthy of all of our trust. I mean, what else would Jesus have to do for you to trust him? 
What more could he do than lay down his life for you to get you to trust him? He's already lived a perfect life for us. He's already died on the cross for us. He's already risen from the grave for us. What more could he do to get us to trust him? Our good shepherd has laid down his life to save us, and he wants us to trust him. And brothers and sisters, I know it's hard to trust. I know it's hard to trust when you've prayed and prayed and prayed, and it seems like he's not listening. I know it's hard to trust when you see so many happy people around you and all that you feel is sad. I know it's hard to trust when your sin seems so heavy that, and you feel like you're never going to be free from it. I know it's hard when all that you can think is that your worst fears might come true. I know it's hard to trust. But don't you see how on the cross Jesus has proved that we can trust him? We can trust him with our futures. We can trust him with our families. We can trust him with our finances. We can trust him with this church. We can trust him with our very lives In a moment after we celebrate at the Lord's table, we're going to sing about trusting Christ. We're going to sing a beautiful song by City of Light. It's called, I Will Trust My Savior Jesus. And we're going to sing these beautiful words together. Oh, on that cross, how it was seen. I can go now ever trusting in the one who died for me. What could I bring for your gift is complete. So I trust you, simply trust you, Lord, with every part of me. You see, the cross not only proves that we can trust Jesus, the cross leads us to trust Jesus. The cross leads us to say, what could I bring? Nothing but my simple trust in you, Lord. What do you give the shepherd who laid down his life for you? You give him your life and you give him your trust. You trust that he will bring light into our darkness. You trust that he will be a refuge for our weary souls. And you trust that he will be our good shepherd forever and ever. So brothers and sisters, let's trust Jesus together. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word today, God. What a blessing these verses from Micah are. That they remind us, God, that you will bring light to our darkness. That you will be a refuge for our weary souls. And in Christ, you have come to shepherd your people. God, we thank you that Jesus lived, that he died, and that he rose again so that we might trust you, so that we might know that you can be trusted with everything, Lord. Trust you to forgive us of our sins. Trust you to protect our futures. Trust you to care for our families and to build this church. We can trust you for everything, God, because Jesus has proven on the cross that he can be trusted. Lord, what more would Jesus have to do to prove that we can trust him? Nothing. So God, help us to trust. Give us that grace, as we sang earlier, to trust him more and more. 
And God, I pray for those who don't know Jesus today. God, may they run to him and find refuge. Lord, may they run to him to find forgiveness of their sins. May they run to him today for the first time. And God, for the rest of us, may we run to Jesus today and tomorrow and the day after that and the day after that and for the, all of our days, may we run to Christ so that he might be our light, so that he might be our refuge, so that he might be our good shepherd who knows us, who loves us, and who cares for us. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.